Welcome to the Marshall Street Podcast. Pay attention to the clock. Gillen. Got it! Where two washed up SU alumni cut into all things Syracuse sports. And for Syracuse, party time. The upset, home by the Orange. They defeat Clemson 27 24. Now, here are your hosts, Jake and Keith. Where's it from? He's gone! Johnny has won it! Welcome into episode 33 of the Marshall Street Podcast, where two washed-up SU alumni cut into all things Syracuse sports. Before we get started, don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a five-star review. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at MarshallSTPod44. And like, share, retweet, and tell your friends about us to help the podcast grow. I'm Jake. This that's Keith. Keith, how are we doing? Doing good. It's been a while. It has. We've had a lot of... Some life stuff, some work stuff, and we don't get paid to do this. So <laughs> if anybody wants to throw some cash, that's fine. But till then, we got to work. We got to do it when we can. Um, it's been an eventful time for Syracuse basketball, I think is the nice way to say it. Since we last podcasted, uh, we've podcasted right before the Clemson game at the Dome, and they've played 12 games since then. The Orange are sitting at 7 5. Uh, some good, a lot, also some bad including a broken wrist that we're going to talk about. Um, and everything kind of went to a head at, when Duke came to the Dome on Saturday and hammered us. So Syracuse right now is sitting at 15-14, 99 in the ACC. No shot at an at-large bid to the NCAA tournament. Have to win the ACC tournament with two games left. Uh, personally, just hoping for a winning season at this point. Uh, Keith, what are your thoughts just in general on the stretch since we've been away just make it to 500. Just keep the streak alive. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been lots of ups and downs, but still no signature win that we were looking for. The one chance being, obviously, Duke this past game. Well, Duke in the two times we played them, and mm-hmm. having Hessen Conwell either time. So it's you build some momentum, but you can never get that big one, especially in this year's ACC. So it's it's been... I would say tough to follow. Like this team is still easy to root for the guys on there, but it's tough to build up any sort of long-term hope for the future at this point, and especially for this season. Yeah, and the Duke game was just kind of a. It was like I couldn't even be mad. I was just like, it's the the gap between talent-wise between Duke and us is just so astronomical and. Buddy Beheim does what he can. I still think Buddy's a good player. He takes shit because of his last name. But the talent gap is just so immense. And that's what it that's what it takes to win. And we're just not there. And I understand fans being frustrated. I understand. We were down 31-9 in that game at one point. I don't even I think we were down 30. I don't even remember what the biggest deficit was. And I get it. I get everybody's frustrated. I get everyone's tired. I get everybody's it's all coming to a head from basically kind of all parts of the fan base. I think everybody's already is frustrated. Um, yeah, no, I get that. And especially with 
what we thought everybody might come back next year. We know that's not going to happen now, but it is hard to kind of be optimistic or positive, but you never know. Um, we got two games left. I hate to to kind of go back to this year every time, but it, it's like the last year at Syracuse was wall-to-wall a, a very good, complete team. But you just think to that first ever Syracuse-Duke matchup in the Dome, I think it was 2014. and I think so, yeah. It was after New Year's. Duke had Jabari Parker, who was, I think, the number one recruit in the country at the time as a freshman. Tyler Ennis was a freshman on the Q's team. You had C.J. Fair. And there was, even with Duke being loaded, that talent gap was pretty non-existent. Mm-hmm. Like it, the, the scales were slightly tilted towards Duke, maybe. But Syracuse could compete with them. It wasn't a fluke that those were always good games. And Syracuse ended up, obviously, winning that one in OT, but... Yeah, it's in one in the country after that it's, game, it's too. It's crazy to see how that talent get, gap has shifted and, unfortunately, not being a just a one-year anomaly. No, and I think that's where the frustration lies for a lot of the fan base is that you've seen that gap grow little by little by little. Yeah, and, I mean, obviously the sanctions were part of it, but I, it's past using that as an excuse. I Now... It's been trending this way, and this is kind of the culmination of since that 13-14 team. The 15 team had the imposed ban. Yes, we've been to the Sweet 16 twice, and we went to the Final Four in 2016. But in all three of those years, we were happy just to get in the tournament. We were sweating it out on Selection Sunday, I'm pretty sure, in all three of those years. And to go from there to where we were in like early as the mid to early 2010s competing for championships number one in the country one seeds in the NCAA tournament um being a ref show away from the final four in 2012 like it's frustrating and i've seen people talk about wanting to move on from Bayheim, and i'm not there personally yet um i wouldn't go that far i think he can with we gotta at least give him next year with the class coming in but the frustration is, I, it's, the last few years have been a trend, and it's led to this point of just average basketball. Like, and, and the one year we were squarely in was that year we lost to Baylor. Frank Howard gets suspended right before yep. the tournament. Yep. So there's, there's been no point where Syracuse fans are like, all right, I'm good. I like, we, I'm happy with the result this year, uh, through and through. Like, regular season and postseason combined. And again, don't get me wrong. I was happy with the Sweet 16s and the Final Four trip. I went to that Final Four. But I went there just happy to be there. Like, it was a stupid, fun run. Um, the the best moment was sprinting down to Castle after we beat Virginia in the Elite Eight. I didn't really expect to beat Carolina in that semifinal. And I sure as hell didn't expect we would have beaten Villanova in the championship game. But... The goalposts have moved from expecting a consistent team to compete for a conference title and more a national title to it's now we just kind of hope to get in the tournament and we're happy with a second round, a second weekend appearance. And it's hard to be excited about that with our history, I guess. Um and don't get me wrong, I would take that this year. I would take a first four in a Sweet 16 run, but 
it's it's been a year of frustration and it's been with how disappointing football season was and the expectations coming into basketball season with how we thought both of us thought solidly in the tournament we're not sweating it out and we're sweating out whether or not we're gonna make the nit like it's was that you calling into the uh Bayheim's coaches show saying that we should go back to the big east and Bayheim shouldn't have a job. Was that? <laughs> no, that was it, not, was, I, it was Mike in Durham, and then it went to Jake in Syracuse. I was one. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was not me. But I, I have seen I've see, I've seen more and more of the Big East thing recently. Especially, what game was it? It was the Virginia Tech game, and the officiating shockingly wasn't great. And somebody commented saying the move to the ACC has been a disaster, basically just because of the officials. And I'm like. Did you see Danny Hurley get thrown out for pumping up the crowd? <laughs> like, <laughs> blaming the officials for the downfall of Syracuse basketball is, uh, I say downfall strongly, but no, you I know, know what I mean. mean. The, tra- the struggles. <laughs> the, the sh- blaming the blaming the ACC officiating for the struggles is, uh, and that's wanna, one angle. No, and it's, I do, honestly, I do miss the Big East. Uh, watching this past week, UConn Villanova, was electric. Providence, when they went to that triple overtime game against Xavier, was electric. And you do miss it, and I have more of an emotional connection to those teams still, as a rival, versus anybody we have in the ACC. But that time has passed, whether we like it or not. This is what this is where we are. This is what, what conference we're in, and Coach K said it. <laughs> he said the ACC is lucky to have us. <laughs> um, yeah. Now, I know people aren't going to like to hear that, but this is where we are, and we have to adjust to it, and just it is what it is. <laughs> well, one thing I wanted to point out: the news magician tweeted out the, yeah. the video of the reporter asking Beheim if he's coming back next year, and there was no shot he wasn't coming back. There was right. a zero percent chance he was not coming back. Um, but he said something effective: just because we're having a bad year, you you know, you think I'm going to quit. Um, and then one of the replies had said, um, "Sorry, I don't have it offhand, but hmm. the the user but said." We're having a bad year. The 14 lost seasons for Syracuse, 1970 to 2015, there was one. 2016 to 2022, there's been six. Right. So that that's... Good... And that's the, that's the frustration. That's where everybody's right. like, what the hell? Why are we putting up with this? And again, and... not a perfect comparison because it's not the same amount of games played. But And, and I'm trusting this stat's correct, but it's it's a good snapshot of like why the people are frustrated because of yeah. the, the trajectory. And I, I have no problem with fans having the high expectations either, but I, I do think something's got to change. I think we got to change either the way that recruiting's being done. I think maybe, as Sacklidge might say, maybe don't run the 2-3 zone exclusively with how basketball has changed. Uh, something's got to change, and whether people like it or not, Jim Beheim has earned the right to retire when he wants to retire. Wild Hack is not going to fire him. There's no way that's going to happen. He could coach here another five years. I think I said that when the season started. You never know. And he's earned the he's earned that right. Syracuse University is not what it is without him. And he's going to coach till he's ready to go. And it could get better. It could get worse. You don't know. But he's earned that right. And look, we do have a decent recruiting class coming in next year. It may be is decent just because of the number of recruits we have, and hopefully we'll get one more. But he's earned the right, but I do understand the frustrations, and I'm frustrated too. I am not happy being 15 and 14 and possibly missing out on the NIT, because remember, we have to come, we have to finish over 500 
to make the NIT. So if we lose the next two and then get bounced in the ACC tournament, we're not making it. Like, um, yeah, it's just, also he's not... Jeff Goodman tweeted out. He quotes you that that video from Nunes and said, "Talked to Beheim for a while a couple weeks ago. One, he doesn't want to go out this way. Two, he is excited about his freshman class. Right. Three, he doesn't want to go out this way." So, and I get that, but he's got to show he can turn it around and. I don't know. We're going to see what happens. What do, you, what do you mean he's got to show he can turn around? What if he doesn't? They're not going to uh, the guy. No, that's true. And, that, and again, I think that's also where the frustration comes in. If he can't, it's his job. Like, <laughs> No, that's true. But to your point, there's John Wildhack, lifelong Syracuse guy. The odds that he fires Jim Beheim are 0. 0.0. Yeah, it's not Unless some happen. sort of off-the-court thing happens. It, like For on-court production, he's not getting fired. No, we could go, we could be Georgetown next year and he wouldn't get fired. And I say that trying to make fun of Georgetown when we lost to Georgetown this year. The team has lost 17 in a row and has zero Big East wins. Which, by the way, reportedly extended Ewing before the season and now is lost, what, 17 straight? I think it's 17 after they lost to UConn today. Man. They'll, they'll always have that 2020 Big East, 2021 Big East championship, though. <laughs> what do you do if you're Georgetown? Do you just. Say, all right, let's try Allen Iverson now. Or, like, Dikembe Mutombo. Like, do you, do you just roll down the list of famous alums? I don't know. Like, I, people are going to be saying, Georgetown's not a bad job. Like, where it is, there's talent. You just have to have the right coach to be able to recruit and then actually coach the kids once they get them. Like, Ewing's been able to get some decent recruits. He's gotten a few five stars, but yeah, obviously, the some, production's not there. I think it was The Athletic had a list of the the coaching carousel stuff and not necessarily predictions, but like keep an eye on it sort of thing. And they mentioned like, I think they had Ed Cooley. Like if Georgetown parts ways with you, no way, like, no way. I don't think Ed Cooley is leaving his job. He's a Providence guy. He's not going anywhere. Yeah. Go to a struggling Georgetown program. No shot. But they, if they get the right guy in there, Georgetown could be successful just based on where they are. All the, the amount of talent in the DC area is insane. You just need the right coach. How do you get on Georgetown? <laughs> well, I think good time to just chat about it, too, because I'm interested in so maybe some people listening will be, too. What do you make of the state? We talked about City Syracuse. What do you make of the state of the ACC? Do you awful. think it's, it's awful it's this year? Awful. Do you think it's awful long term? No, because I think, well, I, I shouldn't say that for I sure, because you don't know how, like, Hubert's been able to recruit at Carolina. It hasn't exactly translated X into those, even though they're 20-8. Their best wins, Michigan, who's a borderline tournament team, and Virginia Tech, who's not going to make the tournament. Um, and then you don't know what's going to happen with Duke. Again, Shire has been able to recruit. I think Duke's got three or four or five stars coming in for next year. But you don't know how he's going to put it together as an X and O's coach. He seemed okay filling in for K the couple times he has, but that's not a full season. It's not his job. Um... That's a good question, and I think with how college basketball has changed, it's not, like, the, with the transfer portal and, and NIL, um, I don't know if we're going to get the consistent, like, remember how the Big East was at its peak right before we left, like, how good it was? I don't know if we're going to get that consistently for as long as we as they did anymore, just because things can change so quickly, and, like, I've been listening to a couple podcasts they're talking about how it's like we had the k versus Bayheim, the last the one and two winningest coaches two both coaches over a thousand wins 
it's never going to, something like that's never going to happen again because nobody's going to catch the two of them because they're not going to coach for, nobody's going to coach for as long. I think that also has part to do with it. You don't know how long coaches are going to stay. Yeah. Like Mike Bray will be at Notre Dame as long as he wants to be at Notre Dame. But then what about Larinaga? Miami had no expectations. Um, you have no idea what's going to happen at Louisville. NC State's going to fire their coach. Um, can Wake sustain the success this year? What's wrong with like? How is Pitt going to fix themselves? Like, what's going to is Florida State going to be better next year? Uh, what about- Pitt might have to just secede from the ACC. <laughs> I mean, they <laughs> they might have to try and drop down to D two for a year. We or make something. I don't we know. make fun of Pitt, but we also lost to them too. <laughs> <laughs> no, One but of- I it does it, it does bring up a good point about you think of the the old Big East is brought up all the time. The- and you think about what made the old Big East was all the coaches. You had Beheim, you had hmm. John Thompson, Massimino, um, you know, all those different guys throughout the league that kind of made that that conference what it is. And the ACC was a newer version of that to some degree. But in the last few years, you had Patino get fired. You had Roy retire. You had Kay retire. So you, the brands are there, but... The coaches are are not the big time coaches are not necessary. The so. one the one school I have confidence in that'll turn it around is is Virginia because I think Tony yeah. Bennett's a good coach. Other than that, I I don't know. There's a lot up in the air for the conference. Um, and you could also have like, could a coach leave for a different job? Like you you don't know, and you don't know how the next few years for Carolina are going to go. You don't know how the next few years for Duke are going to go with their coaching changes. Um, I don't know. I don't think the ACC will be this bad. Because like there's going to be four teams maybe that make the tournament. Duke's going to be either a probably a two. They might be a one. Who the hell knows? But I would have them as a two seed. And then you're going to have Notre Dame. You're going to have Miami, Wake, and Carolina all probably ten or lower. Notre Dame might be a nine, but they're all going to be a nine. They just seed. make the whole first four in Dayton the ACC uh, play-in. <laughs> Throw four ACC teams well, in there. Dude, you better, 16 line. Miami and Carolina better hope that there's no bid stealers because they're going to get knocked down. And with how, with maybe like, like if we beat Carolina tomorrow night and then Carolina gets housed by Duke, all of a sudden they might need to win, maybe get to the championship game of the conference tournament to like fully solidify themselves in without stressing. But no, it's... There is a lot of, un- I haven't thought about this, but there is a lot of uncertainty conference-wise as to how the future is going to go. And to tie it back to Syracuse, too, I think part of the frustration, myself included, in the last couple of years is you see the football program and the basketball mm-hmm. program have the potential to take advantage of a weak conference and just not able to get there. Like football right. couldn't get to six in a weak ACC this year, and then you see the basketball record. Um so, again, oh, I'm overkilling it, but think back to that 2013-2014 team that started 25-0. and 0. You throw them in this year's ACC. I mean, this... That team isn't losing ACC That's a one game. seed. Yeah. That team isn't I mean, losing Duke, ACC Duke, game. Duke could give them a run, but I, other <laughs> than that... I was looking at Kempom today It was because I was talking to somebody about Purdue, and I wanted to get the exact stat. But I looked at us just for chits and giggles. Our offensive efficiency... Um, on Kempom is 17th in the country. So I think you've been, you can safe to say like, I don't think our offense hasn't been a major problem all year. Like 
there have been games where they shot the ball poorly, um, but our defense is 221st in the country out of the 358 Division One basketball teams. Keith, would you like to take a guess on who that is, who are, we're sandwiched in between? What two schools? Oh. Is Georgetown one of them? It is not Georgetown. They are below us. <laughs> is it a power conference? Uh, no. <laughs> oh, man. I have no idea. Southern Illinois, Edwardsville, and Coppin oh, State. Lukies? No, that's Southern, that's Southern Illinois. This is Southern Illinois, Edwardsville. Two different <laughs> Not schools. even the best team in Southern nope. Illinois. <laughs> and Coppin State. <laughs> oh, man. So not good. And Yikes. Like, we still put up 70 points against Duke yes, the other day. But again, yeah, Duke probably pulled the gap, pulled the brakes off a little bit. And But yeah, got to get some athletes in here. And as likable as the guys are on this team, it, it, there's, it's just clearly it's not good enough and it does not cut it. This For the, the younger listeners out there, it's almost like when you're building your, your 2K player and you pick like a archetype. So it's like a, a slasher, shooter, whatever it is. We have a lot of guys who are just the same archetype. <laughs> like normally yeah. you got you got the the rebounder hustle guy, you got the the distributor at point, you got the shooter on the wing, the athleticism on the bottom of the zone. This year it just seems like it's all good players individually, but collectively as a unit, not the best collection of nope. skill sets. They would be key parts on some of those early two thousand ten teams. Like Buddy yeah, coming off yeah, the bench, absolutely. Joe coming off the bench, Swider as an extra three guard, but yeah, it's I think not. He could even start on on some of the depending on who's there, but he wouldn't be the guy though. He could be he could start, but he wouldn't be the guy. On the, yeah, some of exactly. Those teams. He wouldn't have to pull the weight every single night and no. be the the number one go to. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and then again, we let's I, before we talk about next year briefly, I want to talk about um, Jesse Edwards and. Everybody seemed very surprised when we got the tweet after the first BC game that he broke his wrist and be out for the year. Probably was going to be comeback, uh, comeback player there. He was probably going to be uh, most improved player in the ACC. I think he might still win it, but I don't think so just because he missed a good chunk of the year. But there was a part of me after that game that genuinely started to believe maybe we're going to make this interesting and maybe we're going to actually sneak in again. But the second I saw that tweet, I sent it to you. I'm like, it's over. That was like, yeah. I, I lost whatever hope I had. And um, he got hurt after Boston College on the road. And I, he didn't notice it, but the, he did post a picture of him grabbing his wrist on Instagram. So I get he, he, he was there because it was late. And I think he fouled out on the play. Um, I never thought twice about it. That's why I was so surprised when the tweet came out. But you look at a couple games that we lost, that um, Virginia Tech game, the Notre Dame game. Maybe if Jesse's in there, we win those two games. And I give City Bay a lot of credit because he's chipped in some decently valuable minutes, especially against Georgia Tech. He played 16 minutes in that one, but he's not, I don't know how healthy he is to play extended time. And Frank just, as he just looks overmatched, that's nothing against him. He hasn't played. Like, he's barely played. And yeah. as it is, maybe we do lose both those games. I, I think we lose to Duke either way, but. It wouldn't hurt if Jesse's there in both those games, but it is what it is. Forget too that Frank reclassified, so he's he's really the same age as Benny. 
Yeah, but anyway, so played expect th- him to. Uh, who, by the way, played 30 minutes of pretty good ball, 14 points, six boards against Duke. Just when we needed more. Come out of that, that Duke game was Denny's performance and that student section. That student section was awesome. And I think you and I, when we were both there, we both had student tickets. I think we went to every game, except like when we were on break, obviously. It was never like that. <laughs> never was like that. Duke games, it got crazy. I remember Duke going, games. you know, around 2 o'clock for a 7 o'clock tip or something like yeah. that for a Duke game. But, I mean, this was a record, so no doubt about it that it was no, and even the though, so. Even the way they've, they've packed kids in just for the other games, like for... for Georgia Tech for the um, BC game. They've done a good job all year, and it's hats off to the guys who run Otto's Army. I know I think John Danilich is the kid's name who runs the who runs Otto's Army. He's big on Twitter. He's done a good job, and I'm glad the student section's packed every night. It should be, and they're loud, and Bayheim's even pointed it out a few times in his yeah. press conferences. So Steve Forbes said it, and uh, yeah, no, he was very game, Coach K gave him a. A shout out. No, it, it's it's being noticed. Their work is being noticed, and I, you you can't help but tip the cap to Otto's yeah. army, and it, especially for those students who they're juniors, seniors right now. Well, yeah, not seniors, but at least the juniors, their their whole college experience has been impacted by COVID. So yeah. to to be able to see them come out in in full force and have that atmosphere for maybe the first time because of all the, the restrictions is, is pretty cool. Oh, very cool. Very happy to see how it's going to be packed. And I hope it's packed for the for senior day and a couple in, on next weekend. Um, I don't know if there's anything else specific I want to talk about before looking at maybe the roster for next. Oh, um, so we did give Coach K some gifts after the Duke game. He got a framed picture of him in Bayheim. And we set up a scholarship uh, in his name. And to be totally honest, I didn't want to give him anything. But... I, I'm happy the the idea of giving a scholarship to a Syracuse student who's got a military background. I like that. I think that was very nicely done by the university, and I'm glad someone good is going to benefit from it. <laughs> yeah, I told you this. I said, awesome idea. Glad they did it. Super cool. It's With all that said, hearing <laughs> the, the Mike Shashevsky scholarship at Syracuse University is. It's always going to be sound a little weird to me. Where's that flag going too? Like, is that going right. to be in shine? You're going to be walking by. You're going to be like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, but but uh, no, yeah, very cool. Idea. SU has done a good job with their uh, their veterans outreach yeah. and, and program and whatnot. So super cool to see that. <laughs> Did you notice every reply when Duke posted it? They were like, you know, Mike from Durham with the gift, classy move, Syracuse, whatever, the Duke account. And then all the replies were like, UNC could learn a thing or two. <laughs> College basketball fans are so petty, and it is. So I love funny. it. It's so funny. That was great. I did notice. That's that. right up there with the pettiness of the uh, the Auburn fans. Did you see that? Those a couple are weeks ago funny though. Tweets. Oh my god. Okay, so people who don't know, uh, Auburn boat races Alabama, and they tweet the final score, and Auburn fans they'll put like memes. They'll be f- hysterical in the comments. Yeah, it's like Alabama. these grainy pictures of like Bruce Pearl with like giant sunglasses. It's like you just got pearled. Like it just they did the it to us ridiculous. too. When, when yeah. they beat us in the Bahamas, they, they did it to us too. Yeah. It's it's funny. It's it's pretty much it's all in good taste. There's nothing like malicious or mean. It's just funny. Yeah, 
Alabama turned the comments off on the final <laughs> score tweet. So people were like quote tweeting it and dunking on them. So then Alabama had to delete that tweet and to put another one out with the comments open so people could. It was, oh, it's just, I love college basketball so much, even though we're not very good. It's just so fun. There's nothing like it. You, you don't get this stuff in the NBA. <laughs> yeah, I, I have to, uh, I was hoping I could find the actual tweet, but it was something like, 300 likes on the tweet and like 5,000 replies. <laughs> like it, it was an insane ratio. It, it was crazy. It was, it was insane. Um, yeah, that was a funny moment. And um, anyway, so we did get also some news about the roster for next year. So one of which makes sense. We kind of all saw coming a couple, maybe surprising. So buddy Beheim, Jimmy Beheim and Cole Swider, all expected not to be back next year. This is not confirmed. This is could change, but Beha- Coach Beheim said this, I believe, on his radio show this week that he doesn't expect them to be back. Now, Buddy doesn't surprise me. I think we were all expecting him to leave and go pro after this year anyway. Whether or not he's going to get drafted, that's another question. Um, Jimmy applied for that waiver. Now, I don't know if he we don't know if he didn't get it or if he's just not going to take it. That surprises me, especially if he got the extra year. And then Cole Swider really surprises me because he definitely has one more year of eligibility left, and he's not going to be an NBA draft pick, but maybe he wants to just go play overseas somewhere and make his money now. Um, Keith, what are your thoughts, and then what do you think the starting lineup uh, night one next year looks like? So I think the way that Coach Beheim described it was that all three of them before the season individually had said they they have one more year left and nothing since then has changed so that that he's aware of so that that's interesting considering he threw out unprompted that Jimmy's asking for another year mm-hmm. like he didn't he didn't frame it as like he's going to ask for another year just to keep his options open i don't know kind of kind of odd the whole situation um buddy especially you would love to see back just cuz He's been our best player, and if yep. you can get him back, you, you take it in a heartbeat. But I do think the the silver lining, if all three do end up going, is that it opens up the door for a lot of guys, and pretty much Joe and Jesse will be the staples, and then you you kind of figure pencil in the rest of the rotation around it. So you have to think Benny gets a starting spot. I if he doesn't, that's a problem. <laughs> I don't see Frank and Jesse being able to play at the same time. So I'd say Frank probably comes off the bench and then you kind of fill it in with, is, is it the freshman? Is it Justin Taylor kind of filling in that buddy role? Um, is it a, a Judah Mintz that commits hopefully and, and slides into the point and maybe Gerard plays off ball? Um, I, I would guess based on right now, it's still so much to be determined. I would say Samir um, and Joe in the backcourt with Justin Taylor, Benny, and uh, and Jesse at the five. That would be my guess as of right now. What do you think? So you think it'd be Simea running the point instead of somebody like Copeland getting the start, one of the freshmen? Yeah, yeah, but we all know how much that means with Beheim. It could be a you you run the point for five minutes <laughs> to start and then get yanked at the under sixteen for one of the freshmen. Who you know, it's it's tough to predict. I think Copeland is. He has a lot of potential, and he's got the 
he's got the zone uh, frame that you want. So he, if he blossoms right away, it could be really interesting. And I think he could definitely get some some run in his first year. Yeah, I think he'll get some run. I think you have to get Bunch and Taylor some run, especially since they have the size, the length, and the athleticism that we're missing this year. Um, I think I was thinking of a starting five. Like, even if Joe's running the point, you could put dual Jesse would be at center, put Benny at the three, and you could pop, you could slide in either Taylor or Bunch at the four, and then maybe actually put, excuse me, put Joe at the two and have Copeland run the point. That would be my starting five, just to mix in a little bit more athleticism, some decent shooting. Guys can get to the basket. I think it, it's just, especially after this year, I like Symir. I just don't know if I think, I don't know if I'd like him in the starting lineup, like running everything, like especially, I don't know. I, I like to at least yeah. see the freshman. No, that makes sense. I think the only thing I would say is probably Benny would probably still be the four if I had to guess in that situation. I think Taylor and Bunch can probably both play the three. So flip those but, two, okay. Yeah, maybe flip those two. But I I do see what you're saying when it comes to Samir and Joe. The one thing I would say is I would just love to see if Gerard can get some minutes at the two consistently. Oh, cool. If that helps him more, because he's looked good off the ball when he's yeah. just catching and shooting. Like I feel like that's when he's at his best versus when he's got to actually physically when he's got to run the point, handle the ball. Like mm-hmm. he gets careless, he gets sloppy, he turns the ball over. And I, I mean, maybe Samir would do that because he's a little bit better with the ball, and Samir's also better defensively than Joe. But okay, that's a fair point. That's fair. But I, I think Samir too is when you when you think about Gerard like. If Joe's bringing the ball up against a full court press or pressure, like no matter who it is, that's that's pretty tiring. And then to have a lot of times, whether it's ISO ball or whatever, where you're trying to shot create, like just the nature of having to bring the ball up against pressure is mm. gonna detract from your shooting a little bit. So I don't know. I just love to see how it shakes out if he had some time off the ball. I agree with that. I um, I just I'm a little tired of watching the the freshman kind of sit on the bench for a year. I'd like to see him get tossed in. Let's get him some run. But I agree. I think Carey probably might be the one that maybe a red shirt or limited minutes, just because we have both Jesse and Frank that have played a lot. But you never know. We also don't know who's going to be here. Like, could Frank put his name in the portal or anything like that? I know yeah. Benny's also said he's coming back, but you never know where his mind goes. Um, plus, we could bring somebody else in. I would assume he's Bayheim's going to hit the portal hard again. He might bring in a guy or two. So we don't even know what the full roster is going to look like. Yep. Um. All right. So what's left of the schedule? North Carolina tomorrow uh, at seven ESPN. Then Miami on Senior Day on March fifth. And then the ACC tournament. We're probably locked. Excuse me. Into that eight or nine game against maybe Florida State or somebody like that, but then it'd be Duke again for the third time. So I don't think we have a Cinderella run in the cards. We'll do an eight, we'll hopefully do a podcast next weekend and talk about the ACC field. Um, but so like I said at the beginning of the show, we're sitting at 15 and 14 on the year. We need two more wins. If we win the next two, we're going to finish above 500 no matter what happens in the ACC tournament or the NIT. If we split, I think we need to grab one more in the ACC tournament 
to confirm it. But if we lose both these games, I think we need to win three total to get keep that 500 record. So we'll see what happens. I'm not obscenely scared of North Carolina. I know their size is going to kill us. I think they're going to bully us down low like they always do. But I don't think Carolina's defense is anything ridiculous. And Miami, we really should have beaten the first time. So I think these are yeah. two winnable games. Um going into the ACC tournament. And at this point, we're just kind of playing for just play your best the last two games. That's really all I can ask for. I, I, I honest to God, I don't, I'm not going to say we got to go. I, just play, play the best you can. I would like to see Benny play more than 10 minutes, though, especially after that Duke game. If Benny's back to playing eight minutes a night, I'm going to be upset. Yeah. Yeah, although, do you, I'll, I'll ask you this, do you think that the Benny... The, the people who are asking for a lot more Benny earlier in the year, us included, does that change at all to to having seen his struggles up until the Duke game? Does that change your mind at all about wanting to see him earlier? Or do you no. think he's just got to have those? I think he's, he's got to get those out of the way. He's got to get them out of the way. He's got to play. Yeah. Like, I'm a little tired of hearing the he's not practicing well thing from Bayheim. Like, he's got to play. You're not gonna. He's gonna have the struggles again. He's a freshman. Like it's gonna happen. Like the same thing. If it, if you had a rookie quarterback in the NFL this year, he's gonna struggle. We just play him. Like let's see what happens. Especially now when we have no shot at making the NCAA tournament anyway. Why not play him? It can't hurt. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. I think maybe looking back, I'm like, all right, I I see where Beheim was coming from a little bit more. Like, because I've I've always been clamoring for Benny to play a little bit more, but seeing he just had some struggles out there, and that's the thing, though. He's got to play to to get rid of those struggles. Everyone struggled this year, too. By the way, everyone has had their struggles oh, this sure. year, and it's not just Benny. Benny, no, I, I yes, he, he he's had his moments where he's looked really bad, but everybody's had those moments too this year. Yeah. Jimmy, Buddy, Joe, Cole, for sure. Maybe anybody other than Jesse Edwards when he's yeah. It's, so it's a little bit of both for me. It's like, all right, maybe maybe I was a little too strong. Maybe like get Benny fifteen minutes a game. And like he still deserves more than five or eight or whatever, mm-hmm. but maybe not the twenty five I was hoping for. <laughs> like that pit game where we lost and he played three minutes at the end. I was so pissed. Oh yeah. That was awful. Mm-hmm. Um anyway. Yeah, we'll be with you on Twitter for tomorrow and next Saturday and then however long our ACC tournament run lasts and Whatever the hell happens in whatever postseason tournament we're playing in. Um, Keith, do you have anything else basketball-wise you want to hit on? Uh, Nope, not at the moment. All right, let's jump to a little lacrosse. Gary Gate era has begun. Uh, Very fast start against Holy Cross. A 28-5 win over the Crusaders. 49 shots for Syracuse in that game. 13 different orange scored. Owen Seabold and Dordovic both had five goals. Brandon Curry had six points. It was the most goals for Syracuse since 1994 against Hobart, which was also 28. Uh, but then the schedule got a little tougher. Number one, Maryland came to the Dome. Gary Gate had his jersey retired before that game, actually. Uh, Dordovic, another five-goal day. Defense did hold Maryland to four, only 14. They had scored 20 um, in the first two, including one against Loyola. Um, and I don't think they played bad in that game. I just think Maryland's better. Um, and then the Virginia game... Slow, a lot of tur- slow start, a lot of turnovers, bad ground. It was Virginia kind of sort of smoked us. 
Um, we did get it to three at one point, but then Virginia went to run. It was over. Uh, the final score was 20 to 11. And again, Virginia is just so much more talented than we are. And that's not saying that Syracuse stinks. Syracuse is a top 12 team in the country. That's just how good uh, Virginia is. They're talented. They're deep at every position. Uh, I, I think Gary Gates going to get them there. It's going to give them a year or two. And yeah, I have. I don't have. I'm not upset Syracuse lost two games in a row, especially going playing against who they played against. And I think they look good against Maryland. Um, Army's next, who's ranked 14th. So the schedule doesn't get easier. So we're going to see this team's going to have a tough road. And honestly, this this year I feel like it's kind of a ride it out and we'll see what happens here. And then next year is like, all right, let's rock and roll. This is Syracuse lacrosse getting back to Syracuse lacrosse. Yeah, and it, it seems like, I don't know, maybe it's the hype videos and, and all that stuff <laughs> I'm seeing, but you see Gary Gate and, and Petro, I'm like, I trust these guys. <laughs> like, no, absolutely. It's it's like they it's easy to see how they're so successful at what they do. It's almost like the the Michael Jordan like so locked in, like so competitive, so tough schedule to start any regime, but I I still have a good amount of confidence that they can have some success this year and, and definitely moving forward. I think this team will make the NCAA tournament. I don't think that's a hot take at all. Um we get Virginia again. I know Hopkins is coming up. Um, I like I said, Army in the Dome, who beat us last year, is Wednesday. Actually, it's not next weekend. Then Duke at home, Cornell, who's ranked, got to go to Carolina, and then Notre Dame twice, who is ranked number four right now. So the schedule does not get easier. So they're going to have some tough tests, and they're going to have to beat some really good teams. And we'll see what happens. I, I think it's going to be a fun year. They're a fun team to watch. They score. Be a good year. Yeah. All right. Um, moving on to some other miscellaneous stuff. Uh, Rutgers DB Elijah Clark, who and MSU Michigan State wide receiver CJ Hayes both transfer in for Syracuse football. Uh, the Orange hire a wide receiver coach, um, Michael Johnson from FAU. The women's hockey team had a really, really good regular season. Uh, 13-10-6, won the CHA regular season for the first time. Hosted the conference tournament at Tennedy. Won the conference tournament at Tennedy. They're going to the NCAA tournament. I watched the RIT semifinal. That was a fun one. They beat Mercyhurst in the championship game. Abby Maloney won MVP. She had a hat trick in the semifinals. A bunch of regular season awards, too. Ariel Smith won CHA Goalie of the Year. Uh, Jessica D. I'm going to butcher her last name. D. Grill... Grillormo and Ariel Smith made first team all CHA. Abby Maloney and Laura Bellafontaine made all second team. Sarah Marsh and the Madison Primo earned all rookie. Uh, head coach Paul Flanagan won coach of the year. Um, and then women's basketball. We know all the stuff that happened in the offseason, all the turnover, and it's been it's been a rough year for the women's basketball team. Uh, finished the regular season 11-17. and 17. They are going to get Clemson in the first round of the ACC tournament. Um, I would think that we're going to have a new coach next year. I, I don't think the... I think the interim, the interim tag is going to come off of Von Reed. So... It's going to be interesting to see the direction of what that program goes. It's an interesting, but it's been a rough year for Syracuse basketball overall, men's and women's. Yeah, 
for sure. Uh, the women's team, I'm trying to look for the final standings. Um, the ACC tournament bracket came out. I'm just trying to find that link. This is excellent podcasting right now that I haven't don't have it in front of me. Um, Syracuse is the 12 seed in the ACC women's tournament. Um, so they face 13 seeded Clemson on March 2nd. That's the first game of the tournament. If they win that one, they take on Virginia Tech the next day, who's the five seed. If they lose, the season's over. Um, yeah, and then it's going to be an interesting offseason. Uh, Felicia Lady Jack, come on down, please. <laughs> you got anything else? Any other miscellaneous Syracuse news I missed? Anything you want to talk about from that? So one thing, I said this to you earlier today. I was just down the Wikipedia rabbit hole and somehow <laughs> discovered that Syracuse basketball lost an exhibition game to the Harlem Globetrotters in 2004. Jason, yeah. are you familiar with this before today? You sent me that. Um, no, I didn't know the <laughs> Globetrotters played college teams. And it was like a few you... months after the, the uh, after this, the NCAA banned um, banned the Globetrotters from from exhibitions against college teams because they're not it, it, something about amateurism or whatever. But yeah, apparently in 2004 at the Dome, I found an article here that it was on ESPN2. Sean McDonough was on the call with Jay Billis. The game was Syracuse versus Globetrotters basketball game. I can't believe that was a thing that was actually allowed to happen. I really can't. Syracuse, uh, Syracuse alum Lazara Sims was on the Globetrotters and also former NBA star Cedric Sabalos. Could you imagine if that happens now and, like, somebody gets hurt? Like, can you imagine if Jerry McNamara got hurt during that game and he, like, missed the entire 3 or 4 season, how pissed people would be? Because <laughs> he had an exhibition against the fucking Globetrotters. I just picture, like, uh, Purdue this year scrimmaging the Globetrotters. <laughs> and they got, the Globetrotters got the, you know, the tall guy just, like, playing keep away. And then Zach E.D. comes and just, like, <laughs> swats him at the rim. <laughs> <laughs> Like I was like Jaden Ivey's breaking ankles. I can't believe that's a thing. It's kind of hysterical, but that's like, like I, I kind of wanted to come back. <laughs> like that yeah. would be hysterical. It was it televised. Was, um, yeah, it was televised. Um, Sean McDonough on play by play with Bill Raftery and Jay Billis on color commentary. <laughs> this that's was, incredible. Um. Their second exhibition game that season, their first game was a win over Team Nike. So who was who was on I Team Nike? I have no idea who was on Team Nike <laughs> in uh, 2004, 2003, I should say. But, <laughs> but yeah, just uh, something I never knew. So wanted to throw How'd that you, out into the universe. What were you looking up on Wikipedia that you just stumbled on that? So, oddly enough, I was listening to Titus and Tate, and... They were talking about like the most obscure coaches to ever win coach of the year. Mm -hmm. And uh, Tate guessed Billy Gillespie from when he was in Kentucky and was an incorrect answer. But I was like, huh, I wonder how good like he actually was at Kentucky, like before they, they canned him. And I I go down and it was like his team at UTEP was the only one to break the Globetrotters winning streak. They even defeated the Globetrotters even defeated the defending national champion Syracuse right before 
like it was an accomplishment on Billy Gillespie's Wikipedia page that I somehow <laughs> just insanity. There's is there video? I want to watch I it. I looked. I could not find any <sighs> clips of it. Man, I would love yeah, to see just, that. That's insane. That that's the thing that actually happened. It was televised on ESPN two with Raftery and Billis. <laughs> there was seriously nothing else that could fill with programming. <laughs> exhibition with Syracuse and the Globetrotters. There was no baseball, no hockey, no football. There was nothing. <laughs> and they sent out the A team for broadcast. Right? That's like that's the number one crew back in that. Now, now you got a. a meaningful ACC game and they'll just have someone in studio they don't even send them out <laughs> back then they were like let's get Raftery into the dome ASAP because you, you never know if uh, Curly Neal is going to put on some moves <laughs> for Syracuse and the Globetrotters <laughs> <laughs> that's insane I wonder how many people went to that was through uh, I wonder if there's no way that's going to be like on the 0304 schedule on the website right like as like an uh, actual exhibition some, game oh box score if there's a box score, I'm trying to look at the schedule. Oh, it was got. I clicked on the box score. Got the old 404 page not found. Oh my god, it is on the schedule. Really? Yeah, it was the 0304 schedule. We beat Team Nike by 12, and then lost to the Globetrotters, 83 to 70. There's no box. There's a recap. There's one picture of Billy Italy, Edian yeah, up, up on the up on the corner. <laughs> Elon had 20, Josh Pace had 16, just missed a double-double, apparently. <laughs> That's I can't believe this is an actual thing. Yeah. Oh, and we, 20,000? 20, 20,733 were at that game to watch, and Syracuse unveiled the national championship banner prior to this game. To this wait, game. wait, 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 wait. They picked an exhibition versus the Globetrotters to unveil their national championship banner. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> I can't That's believe this is a thing. To do it. Oh, shocker. We got, keeps getting we got out rebounded by the Globetrotters. <laughs> Fucking shocker. <laughs> That's a good Q's team, though. Hakeem Warwick was on there, too. That team went to the Sweet 16. That was a good Syracuse yeah. team. That's ridiculous. I can't believe this is an actual thing. We were down 18 at one point. That's ridiculous. I can't I I'm, I'm, now I'm going to be curious to see the Globetrotters 2004 uh, team. Box score. Jim Beheim quotes, page not found. Blair <laughs> quotes, page not found. Damn, that's crazy. I cannot believe this is an actual thing with an actual release and they actually dropped a banner. Like, our our national cha our one national championship, they dropped a banner when we had an exhibition game against the fucking Harlem Globetrotters. <laughs> <laughs> That's ridiculous. I cannot believe this is an actual thing. Yeah, how crazy. 83 to... 11-11-2003. Uh, this was posted. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Oh my god, that's crazy. Yeah, unreal. Oh, are they... No, Syracuse was on an early 6-4 lead, and the low trials were on a 13-4 run. <laughs> I can't believe that's a thing. That's that's absurd. That that's real. <laughs> I couldn't believe it was real either. But yeah, Billy Gillespie's Wikipedia page—that is one of the uh, listed accomplishments that his team at UTEP 
did in fact beat the Globetrotters in 04. Well, good for him because apparently they were hard to beat. <laughs> Enough so that tw- I can't believe 20,000 people went to that game. Yeah. That's, that's insane. I cannot believe that that's real. And there's a there's like an actual release for it. <laughs> I'm flabbergasted. Like I've never watched the Globetrotters actually like play competitive basketball. It's not like semi scripted. Like in, in I a have legit noticed... game. I didn't. Yeah, know like a did that. I, that not anymore. Clearly, but that's in, that's crazy. Yeah. I gotta anyway. Last miscellaneous Syracuse thing I want to talk about is the spring football game is actually on television. It's on the ACC network. It's a new thing that the conference mandated, and we have a fucking network, so let's use it. Uh, April 1st, 7 o'clock on ACC network. Um, The entire schedule actually did come out, too. Um, Season starts with Louisville at home on September 3rd. Uh, Then we head to UConn. On September 10th, I will be at that game. I already took that day off from work. Uh, Purdue, Virginia come to the Dome before Wagner. Uh, then the ACC play kicks in at NC State at home, at Clemson, Notre Dame at the Dome, at Pitt, Florida State, at Wake, at BC to end the year. So two games on the road to end the year. And then FBS schedules also has the ACC championship game on this list. So being a little... <laughs> Got some optimism. A little optimistic. Um, but yeah, I'm happy the spring game is on TV. I actually don't even know if I'll be able to watch it because I'm going to be at a wedding that weekend, but I'm going to try. So, Gotta love it. Gotta love it. Um, all right. I think that's it. Miscellaneous Syracuse wise. Farewell tour. What's going on? It's been a while. We got, there should be some stuff in the world of sports we could talk about. Um, yeah, I don't have anything for this one. You want to take it here? I want to, maybe I'll think of something in the meantime, but. Um, well, the biggest thing is we have Super Bowls over. The Rams won their second championship first in Los Angeles. It was kind of a boring game, I feel like. It got a little interesting in the third quarter, but it was the first time in a while I've really never cared who won, like, one way or another. It was kind of like, the game ended, I was just like, alright, eh, whatever, <laughs> let's move on. Um, then Tom Brady retired, so that crushed my soul into just bits of dust. Um, and I, that I still haven't recovered from. I booted my girlfriend off my lock screen and I changed it to the picture from the last parade. <laughs> Face palm. Like, change it now. Now it's John Gillen. <laughs> you must change it pretty frequently. I change it a lot. I, I, I like uh, to I like to change it up. Mix it up. Um, last night, uh, Saturday was crazy in college basketball. One through six, lose... Also, Texas Tech loses Villanova lost earlier in the week. I'm curious to see how the rankings are going to fall tomorrow when the AP poll comes out. One through six all lose. Duke's not jumping seven spots, right? I I, kind of think Gonzaga is going to stay one because everybody else lost. And, like, Duke's good, but they're not. I mean, they beat Gonzaga, so I shouldn't even say they're better. They're not as good as Gonzaga. I think Duke's going to get it. You think? I do. Going into the last game at um, Cameron Indoor against Carolina, they'd be yeah. foolish not to make them number one. The, the, the voters might even get Carolina at twenty-five just to <laughs> just for the sake of it. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't put it past them. 
Um, One hey, final t- ranked matchup at, at Cameron Indoor. What's the line going to be in that game between those two? Thirteen. Yeah, it's good. I don't. I think. I think Duke's going to do things to Carolina that are going to be like. like it's going to be bad. I think it's going to be a blowout mess. <laughs> they play. If they they beat him that bad in the Dean Dome. Cameron. Yeah. Might be. <laughs> With the the media circus that there's going to be, with the atmosphere that's going to be there, I I think Carolina's in for a bad night. Same thing on Monday. Brady Manic time. (laughs) He was the only one who looked like he wanted to play the first time they played Duke. Yeah. Um, Other than that, I got nothing else. You good? You want to wrap it up? Yeah, that's all for me. All right, so hopefully we'll be back maybe next Sunday or Monday to talk about the last two games and then talk about the ACC tournament a little bit. Uh, just depends on work and life. Um, so leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at MarshallSTPod44. Don't forget to subscribe, like, retweet, and share with your friends. And that's Keith. I'm Jake. Go Orange. Go Orange.